Hey, this is Pastor Greg Evans from Calvary Assembly of God. I want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I pray that God will speak to your heart, that he will challenge you, and that you will be encouraged and that you will overcome by God's word and the word of your testimony. God bless you. Enjoy the service. Honored tonight uh, to have with us Pastor uh, Jamie Jones from Trinity Church in Deltona, Florida, and his son, James Jones, as well, is with him, and I know he'll introduce him, but, uh, and many of you know this. I also see some friends from Alachua back here, and I saw uh, Pastor Jamie had some friends here as well. It's like a family reunion tonight, so that's good, and of course, our Calvary family is here, and it's a family reunion every week that we gather, but uh, I'm honored because I followed Jamie uh, in Alachua, Florida. He started a, planted a church there many years ago now. I don't know, maybe 25 years ago, possibly, or more. And uh, I followed him, and uh, he was there a few years, and then I pastored that church for 16 years prior to coming here. And so I've followed his ministry for a number of years now, and uh, his parents also are uh, good friends of ours and uh, a blessing to us, and we're thankful for their lives, and we're thankful for the ministry, Jamie, that God has anointed you for. Uh, Indeed, if you hadn't have obeyed God... Many years ago in that region, uh, this day may not be what it is today. So God has a way of working things out, doesn't he, and planning our steps and ordering our steps. And so we honor you. We thank God. And I thank you for saying yes when I reached out to you and asked you to come tonight and then changing your schedule to be here tonight instead of next week. What a blessing it is. We know that God has a word for us through you. And I want you to help me welcome Pastor Jamie Jones as he comes to preach the word tonight and release a rhema word from God into this house. God bless you. Hey, praise the Lord. How many of you love Jesus here tonight? Oh, I can't hear you. Y'all better, oh, y'all got to, uh, listen, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you. Y'all got to get ready now. We're gonna, this is revival night. That means we come here to be revived. Come on, somebody. You can't be revived and sit there and be quiet. Come on now. This ain't no Methodist church. Come on. Are you with me? Nothing wrong with the Methodist church, but that's not what this is. We're Pentecostal. We're full of the Holy Ghost. We believe in for God to move. Amen. Come on. I'm just saying. So you just better get ready. Amen. So we're here tonight. Pastor Greg and uh, Pastors Greg and Beverly, both of you, man, we love you. We honor you tonight. Thank you for having us tonight. We appreciate it. I want you to know you as a church, you are, I hope you know you're blessed with your leadership here. You're blessed with your pastors that are here. God brought them here. I see what you have done, just the ministry that, that has taken place since you've been here, even since I was here before. Uh, a number of months ago, but man, you guys really just, God's doing some incredible things, and I see you, you get to school, right? You got school, things happening there. Incredible. So God is using this little corner block, amen, to change the world. You believe that? Amen. Why don't you give it up for your pastors right now? Come on, just give it up for your pastors. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I can uh, definitely see from a distance, what you're doing and what, what's happening, and we follow this and just say, man, praise God for what he's doing. I am traveling tonight with my son, uh, Pastor James Jones. This is my youth pastor, man, big things in his, well, currently and in his future right here. But uh, my son, right, just stand up, just wave at him. He's a good-looking guy right here in the front. Yeah, good-looking guy. Yeah, right, right. When we travel together, they say, oh, oh you mean the good-looking one? And we both say, yeah, yeah, the good-looking one. Amen. No, he's, he's the good-looking one. Man, good to have him tonight. Hey, listen. Uh, did y'all see, where's Sarah? Is Sarah back in here yet? Sarah? Oh, yeah. Did you have a hard time holding the microphone up? With that big heavy rock on your hand? Come on, somebody. Hey. Hey, praise the Lord. I'm so happy for you. So happy for you. I'm proud. Listen, I'm proud. I've known these people. They don't probably remember me from way back, but I do. Uh, To see this young man on the keyboard, see Sarah, Candace, what she's doing, all of them. Man, listen, that is a testimony to your pastor's home. I'm just telling you right now, and I thank God. I thank God. I'm so proud of you guys. I really am. I'm so proud of y'all. Y'all are just incredible. I love you so much. Well, tonight I'm excited to bring the word. You excited to receive the word? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, on the way out, I want you to stop by my table. I know I was here back. I don't remember when it was exactly, but a number of months ago. But I was back. I've, I've written a couple of books. One is called The Left-Handed Warrior. And 
it's just a book that really, that really talks about the fact that God can use anybody to do anything. Doesn't matter if you're too young, if you feel like you're too old, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough experience, whatever it is, God can use anybody to do anything. So that book is there. I'm not going to go into great detail about it. My latest book, I just released it recently, is called Kill the Giant. And this, this will help you defeat the thing that's defeating you. So the issues that you face in life, we're people of faith and we believe in the power of God, but there's a whole lot of things that go on in our life that have nothing to do with the devil. They have everything to do with us. Well, come on. As Christian people, we want to blame everything on the devil. The devil's attacking me. The devil did this. The devil. No, sometimes, sometimes it's you. So when you understand kill the giant, it has to do, yes, with defeating the enemy, but it's also just defeating the things that are defeating you, negative mindsets and things on your life that need to be broken in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to just encourage you. You can stop by the table. Uh, my son will be out there. I'll be out there in a little bit as well, and uh, you can pick those up. They're $15. You get any three things on the table. We've got some, I've got preaching series out there that are on CD. I know a lot of people don't do CDs anymore, but we've got a digital download as well. You can listen to it on your smartphone, your tablet, your computer, in your car, if you've got that capability or whatever, but all that stuff is there. Uh, I don't have t-shirts with me this time. I apologize for that, but uh, we've got all the other stuff, so praise the Lord. Listen, I want to do something right now. Before we even start, I believe this principle, and I hear me for a minute. I'm not preaching this. This doesn't go against my time. Just real quick, okay. I believe this, though. I believe that whatever a man or a woman sows, that shall they also reap. In fact, I believe this, that in whatever measure you give, that is the measure in which the Lord now uses to pour back into your life. That's the word of God. That's what the Lord teaches. In the measure that you give, that's the measure that's used to give back unto you. Think about it for a moment. We believe that God blesses us exponentially. So if I give the Lord a teaspoon of whatever, if I sow a teaspoon, if you will, just as a measure of money, if I sow a teaspoon of obedience, if I sow a teaspoon of faithfulness, of time, of worship, then that is the measure that I've just released into the hands of the Lord. And so the Lord now pours back into me with that very same measure exponentially, yes, but that's the measure that he uses. So if I believe God for tenfold, let's say, and I give the Lord a teaspoon of whatever, money, faithfulness, obedience, blessing, whatever I give to the Lord, if I give a teaspoon, now he's going to take a teaspoon and give back to me, yes, tenfold, but that's the measure that he uses. But what if I gave, instead of a teaspoon, I gave the Lord a tablespoon? What instead of a tablespoon, I gave the Lord a pint or a quart or a gallon? or a bathtub full, or a swimming pool. Come on, are you following what I'm saying? Whatever measure you use to give, that's the measure that's given back unto you. So I don't know about you, but I want to receive big. I know a lot of you are already worried because when a pastor starts talking about sowing, you're expecting him to take up an offering's already done. I'm out of your hair. I'm not trying to get in your money. I'm just trying to get a principle to you tonight. Whatever measure you use to sow, that's the measure that you will receive. Amen? So before you ever receive the word tonight, I want you to sow. Y'all with me tonight? So before the word ever goes forth, before you ever hear the word, before, you ever, before anything ever happens, I want you tonight to have opportunity to sow your seed. Again, I'm not talking about money. I want to just give you a moment to sow your praise to the Lord. I want you to stand with me here real quick. Now watch this. I learned this as a pastor, a friend of mine. In Jamaica, I've traveled there and preached once in a while, and uh, for many years I've known this man. He taught me they do this with their church. They do it every Sunday. Once in a while we do it at our church. We did it this morning, and I'm telling you, man, it, if, if, you will, if you will be faithful and sow in this, God will break bondages off your life. I'm telling you right now, God will just open up doors in your life. So it's real simple. All that I'm going to do is I'm going to say the word hallelujah. And when I say hallelujah, I want you to shout back, hallelujah. Now listen, if you are going to sow a teaspoon, then you just go on ahead and whisper, hallelujah. hallelujah. But if you're ready for something big, I want you to sow big. The word hallelujah is the same in every language. I've been to Africa, different countries in Africa. I've been to Europe. I've been to Central America, South America. Listen, everywhere I go, hallelujah, it's the same word. 
It's just exalting the name of the Lord. It's magnifying the name of the Lord. So listen, when we speak that, it's commonality. Heaven knows what you're saying when you say hallelujah. So here's what I want you to do. When I say hallelujah, I want you to shout back hallelujah. I believe in the measure you give is the measure that you're going to receive. I believe today when some of you shout hallelujah, there's going to be a blessing that's going to flow in your life. There's some of you right now that are dealing with some financial pressure. And when you begin to shout hallelujah, God's going to begin to break financial pressure off of your life. There's some of you that have received some diagnosis in your life. Some, some sickness, a doctor has said some things, and as you begin to shout hallelujah, as crazy as it sounds, but when you begin to shout hallelujah, you're releasing a measure of faith, you're releasing a measure of praise, you're releasing a measure of worship, and when you begin to shout hallelujah, I believe that it's going to open up the doors of heaven for God to pour out a blessing in your life where you can be healed in the name of Jesus. There's some of you tonight, you're walking through some things in your marriage, in your family, you're dealing with some issues. When you shout hallelujah, and you really shout it, and you're really sow it and you really believe it. I believe that God's going to pour it out. Come on, how many of you are ready tonight? You ready to sow? Are you ready to sow? I'm not after your money. I'm not after your money. How many of you are ready to sow today? Here you go. I want you to lift the roof off of this place. When you say this, get ready. Say, say hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, say it. Hallelujah! Oh, come on, you better get there. You better get there. Some of you are getting close. Come on, here we go. Hallelujah! Now just give the Lord a praise. Come on in this house. Yes. Jesus. Hallelujah. According to what you have sown. According to what you have invested. According to what you have given. According to what you have spoken. So shall you receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Jesus. Father, tonight we receive the word. I pray tonight we'd be changed, challenged by your word. Father, tonight I pray that we'd put aside the words of a man. We're not interested. Tonight we want to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. Speak to us, Lord, by your spirit. Speak to us by your power. Speak to us, Lord, by your anointing. I thank you today, Jesus, for who you are and what you're about to do in this house. In Jesus' name. Come on, the church said. Amen. 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 You can be seated today. Have you ever heard somebody say this, speaking about your life and success? They say things like this. They say, don't dress for the job you have. Dress for the job you want, right? The picture there is this. You, you, many times we wait until we've already received something before we understand the grace of it. However, if we can embrace by faith what God is going to do, it will help us walk in that dimension earlier. Come on, are you with me? That's why the word says this, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You don't dress for where you are, you dress for where you're going, right? When you get up in the morning, when you get up, you're wearing your pajamas. But you're not, you're not going down to the grocery store in your pajamas. And people go to Walmart in their pajamas, but you don't go to the grocery store in your pajamas. <laughs> Come on, somebody, right? You dress not for where you're at. You dress for where you're going. You're at home in your pajamas. You're going to church. That means you're going to put on your church clothes. Come on. You're going to work. You're going to put on your work clothes. Why? Because you dress for where you're going. The word says put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That means this. When the spirit of heaviness is on you, you have to put on the garment of praise. I can't allow the spirit of heaviness to stay on me and be on me and expect that it all of a sudden will dissipate just because. I have to put on the garment of praise because my plan is, God, I'm hurting right now, but I am anticipating the joy of the Lord. I'm struggling right now, but I'm believing that I'm going to get out of this. I'm hurting right now, but I believe that you're going to heal me. So now I'm going to put on... The garment of praise, put on. That means intentional action on my part. How many of you ever come into the house of God sometimes and you don't feel like worshiping? Well, let's just be honest. 
I mean, I'm a pastor, and I'll tell you, that's, that's my, sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes I, sometimes I don't feel like preaching. Sometimes, you know, I've had something happen, or there's a weight on my life. We're walking through a struggle. We've just been through a huge struggle in our home and our family. My father-in-law just passed away yesterday morning. It's been a long struggle, about six months of declining health. It's been a whole deal with him. Started with a cardiac arrest, and he's just declined over the months. It's put incredible stress and strain on our family. My wife, just dealing with everything that's going on, is her dad. And uh, he just passed away yesterday. That's been that's been a struggle. There's been times I'll be I'll be honest with you when you know we're on the way to church. All of a sudden we get a phone call. Hey, listen, he's not doing good. We don't know what's going to happen. There's been times we've had to rearrange our schedules. It's been hard, but we've had to in those moments be intentional about putting on the garment of praise because you can't dress like where you are. You have to dress where you have the faith to go. What I'm trying to help somebody understand today is you've got to break out of the mindset that praise and that worship is just something that happens when you come into the house of the Lord. Now, thank God, this group here, they just make it easy. Come on now. I mean, man, they're just, they're just so talented and so anointed and so gifted. I mean, if you listen, if you can't worship with this, this group right here, there's something broken in you. Because they make it hard not to worship. I mean, you just, you know, the old foot just start tapping. You know, you just have to, you just have to worship. Why? Because they just, they just bring you in. But how many of you know, they're not with you when you get in the car tomorrow morning on your way to work and you go face a boss man that, that just acts like a, you know, a very difficult person and around the world and around people and around the trouble that you face in your life and the phone calls that you get and the stuff that goes on in your life. You don't have them with you. So worship is not an event that happens on a Sunday service only, but worship has to be part of your life and the makeup and the consistency of who you are. What I'm trying to tell you today is that worship cannot be minimized to a 30-minute segment in a Sunday morning or a Sunday night tonight service, but worship has to be a part of who you are. When you get in your car and you're driving down Blanding Boulevard back to, you know, bumper-to-bumper traffic, I want to stop by Academy and get some stuff, but I have time even because the, tra- the lane was closed, traffic was in the middle of that. Sometimes you just have to praise the Lord. Come on, you just have to magnify the name of the Lord because in those moments, it determines really who you are. Watch this. Anybody can praise the Lord. Anybody can worship the Lord when everything is going great. But the true child of God, the true man of faith, the true woman of faith, the true servant of the Lord has the ability to put on the garment of praise and exchange it for the spirit of heaviness. To say, I'm not going to be in this mess anymore. I'm not going to be in this rut anymore. Yes, I'm going through some problems. Yes, I'm going through some pain. Yes, I'm going through some hurt. But I'm not going to stay here. I'm putting on the garment of praise. It's not what happens on a Sunday morning. It's what happens every day of my life. When you get up in the morning, David said, early in the morning, will I rise up and bless you? What is he saying? I start the day off by praising the name of the Lord. I start the day off by magnifying the Lord. I start the day off with lifting up the name of Jesus. What I'm trying to help you understand is that your worship has to be part of who you are every day consistently and constantly in your life. Touch your neighbor and just say, I'm a worshiper. Tell them right now. I'm a worshiper. That's who I am. I am a worshiper. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. David said it like this, Psalm 34, 1. He said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Hmm. I will bless the Lord at all times. In the bad times, I will bless the Lord. When I don't have enough money to pay all my bills, I will bless the Lord at all times. When you're not feeling so good, I will bless the Lord at all times. When the politics has got you rattled and you don't like what's happening, I will bless the Lord at all times. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you with me? And by the way, regardless of who's in the White House, Jesus is on the throne, just so you know. Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will what? Continually. Somebody say continually. That means always. That means in the good times, I'll bless the Lord. In the bad times, I'll bless the Lord. The key to that whole statement, Scripture, is in the very first two words. Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord. I will. Praise is a matter of your what? Your will. Sometimes you have to will yourself to praise the Lord. How many of you have ever been on a diet? Oh, the devil is a liar. Isn't that rough? Man, it seems like 
you know, I'm trying to be good around the holiday season. All of a sudden, people want to just come into the church. Pastor, we just want to bless you. We just love you. We just want to bless you. Here, take all these fattening cookies and banana pudding that I just made for you. Amen. And while I love it and I appreciate it, man, it's hard. But, but I will. I will. It's a matter of your will. There's decisions you have to make if there's results you want to get. Come on. I will bless the Lord. At all times. It has to be a matter of your will. There's sometimes that you got to take your flesh by the nap of the neck and drag your flesh to the altar and say, no, no, no. You will bless the Lord. You will praise the Lord. You will magnify the name of the Lord. You will exalt the name of the Lord. But I don't feel like it. No, no. But you will bless the Lord at all times. I'm struggling. I don't want, I will bless the Lord at all times. Sometimes you got to drag your flesh kicking and screaming and just worship the Lord anyway. Can I just help you understand? There's times... In fact, I've, I've understood this in my life, in my ministry. In the times that you feel suppressed and you don't want to worship and you don't feel like worshiping, that's a clue. Because that's the moment that you could potentially be on the very verge of an incredible breakthrough. I want to just challenge you with this. When you don't feel like worshiping, that's the time you need to worship the most. When you don't want to be in the house of God, that's the time you better be in the house of God. When you don't feel like praying, that's the time you better be praying. Come on. In the time when you don't have the money to give, that's when you need to sow the largest. Oh, somebody help me. I'm just trying to help you. I will bless the Lord at all times. In the good times, I'll bless the Lord, but also in the bad times, I will bless the Lord. His praise will what? Continually be in my mouth. I want to read to you tonight. This is found in the book of Acts chapter 16. I'm going to begin reading to you in verse number 16. It says this, as it happened as we went to prayer. There was a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. She met us. She brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and they said, These men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city and they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans to receive or observe. The multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. When they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, I want you to watch this. Here's Paul, Silas, and they're traveling. The Bible says as they were, as they were traveling... There was a little slave girl that was, she was a heckler. She was following them. She was calling out to them, saying things to them. Finally, the Bible says, Paul, I love how the word's just so true, so real. Paul got annoyed. You know, it was like a real spiritual thing. No, he just got annoyed. He just got sick of it. Sometimes you just got to get annoyed with the devil. Come on, anybody with me? You just got to get tired of it. Because when you get tired of it, you'll do something in Jesus' name. Come on, you with me? Paul got tired of it. He got annoyed. He turns around, he looks at this girl, but he spoke to the spirit. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come out. So now the girl is free. The problem is she was owned by a couple of guys who were uh, making money off of her ability to tell fortune. And this was all demonic, all demonic power. Now they see their profits are gone because this girl has been set free. So now these men bring Paul and Silas before the leaders of the city, and they say, look, these guys are teaching things that we don't agree with. They're doing things, and they're messing up our profit. They're taking money out of the city. We need to do something. These men took Paul and Silas. They stripped their clothes off. They beat them with rods. They put them in the prison, and they locked them up in the stockades. Now, how many of you know, in that moment, in that situation, in that place, most of us would probably be in the middle of a huge pity party. Lord, look how faithful I've been. I've been preaching your word. I've been faithful to you. All I did was cast out a demon that needed to be cast out. 
I've done what you've told me to do. I came to this place because you told me to come here. I've been faithful to you. Yet, here I am, locked up in prison, beaten, humiliated by being stripped, locked in stockades, and here I am. Lord, this is not fair. This is not right. How many of you have been there? Let me just see your hand. Come on, my hand's up. There's been times I've been here and said, Lord, I've been faithful to you. Why am I going through this? But see, when you put on the garment of praise, For the spirit of heaviness, you understand that in the middle of your struggle and in the middle of your crisis, when you just begin to magnify and to bless the name of the Lord, it puts you in a position and in a place where God can change your situation. I love how this story goes because the Bible says that as they're they're praying and as they're singing, as they're worshiping the Lord, that even the other prisoners now were listening to them. I, I just want you to understand something, that God is looking for some praisers in this generation. I believe the Lord is looking for some... Can I come down here? Is it going to be a problem? He says, I believe this. The Lord is looking for some praisers in this generation. Some people that will praise the Lord no matter what's happening. That will praise the Lord no matter what's going on. That are going to magnify the name of Jesus even if you're the only one that's magnifying the Lord. Come on, how many of you know this? Some people say, well, you know, my family's not serving the Lord. I came from a, a, back, a backwards place. You know, they're not serving the Lord. I'm just, I'm all, well, good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord anyway. When you praise and magnify the Lord. Let me tell you something. My wife's father, the one that just passed away yesterday, When I first married my wife, this man was lost as lost could be. He was an alcoholic. He was bound by alcohol. He didn't know the Lord, never graced the door of a church, I don't believe, ever in his life. Whenever we got saved, right out of the gates, when we got married, my wife and I lived a consistent life of serving the Lord all these years. There came a day, about 20 years later, after we had been married, about 20 years later, they came just to visit us for a weekend and showed up to church. And do you know that man stood in the back of our church, when I gave the altar, call for people to accept the Lord. He shot that hand straight up. I almost fell out. I could not believe what God was doing. But see, you've got to understand something. When you make a decision and you make a choice, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. It's not just for you, but it's also... It's also for the people that are around you because God cannot not only break off your chains, but he can break off the chains of people that are around you when people see you with that faith, when people see you with that spirit. Listen, you've got to be careful as a believer not to get it caught up in all the negativity of the world. How many of you know there's plenty of negativity in the world to go around? Everybody, you know, they're negative, they're mad about this, mad about that, talking about COVID, talking about vaccines, talking about politics, talking about racial stuff, talking about money, talking about inflation, talking about, you know, supply chain talk about this. Listen to me. There has to come a time as a believer that we say, listen, I'm not going to get caught up in all this stuff. Yes, I've got opinions. Yeah, but you know what? I'm just going to praise the Lord. I'm just going to trust in God. I'm just going to serve the Lord. Y'all can go out there and talk all you want, but while you're talking, I'm going to be praised and I'm going to be magnifying the Lord. While you're running around getting upset and you're wringing your hands and you're ready to give up, you just find me. I'll be down at the altar on my knees and I'm going to be praying and I'm going to be seeking after God. I wish somebody in the house would begin to understand that, that God is looking in this generation for some people that will just say no matter what happens I'll praise the Lord listen to me before COVID we were praising the Lord during COVID we're praising the Lord when that thing is long gone if it's ever long gone we'll still be praising the Lord and whatever else comes down the pike I just want somebody in this house to know we are going to be praising the Lord because we don't praise the Lord tied to what we feel what we see what we hear what we experience or the environment that's around us we praise the Lord because we're connected by the blood of Jesus Jesus Christ, and there's not a virus that can change that. There's not a money problem that can change that. There's not a politician that can change that. There's not an issue that can change that. We are washed in the blood of Jesus, and people that are washed in the blood of the Lamb have to be people that praise the name of Jesus no matter what. The Lord's looking for praisers. He's looking for people that will break out. He's looking for people that will worship no matter what. He's looking for it. Remember the story of Jericho? The people walking around the city of Jericho. Do you remember the story? Joshua tells them, listen, you're going to walk around the city for seven days. You remember how the story goes? Seven days. Once a day for seven days. On the seventh day, you're going to walk around the city seven times. If you follow carefully what Joshua told them, he said, as you walk around the city, don't say a word. Isn't that interesting? Why would he say that? 
Because he knew that if they were going to say something, it would be inconsistent with what God was trying to do. A lot of times we speak our fear. A lot of times we speak our frustration. A lot of times we speak negativity. A lot of times we speak things that are contrary to the word. But the Lord said to them, say nothing. Joshua said, I don't trust these people to say the right thing, so I'm just going to tell them they better say nothing. Keep your mouth shut. Remember, 40 years ago, Joshua got stuck with a bunch of people with no faith, and because of that, they wandered around a mountain for 40 years. He said, no, no, no. I'm, I walked around that mountain. Oh, I'm going to walk around. I'm not walking around anymore. So here's the deal. You people are going to march around the city, and you better keep your mouth shut. Don't you say a word. Because he didn't want all that negativity. But then the Bible said this. As they walked around the city on the seventh day, they walked around now seven times. At the end of that day, on the seventh time around that city, now, he said, I want you to shout a shout of praise. Here's what you need to understand about that. Your praise will confuse the devil. I mean, you want to mess the devil up? Man, when you're going through the middle of the flames of hell, you just begin to magnify the Lord. Mm, some of the greatest praise happens in the darkest moments. Come on, anybody been there? Oh, you just begin to praise the Lord in those dark moments. You begin to praise the Lord in those painful moments. You begin to praise the Lord in those hard times. You just begin to magnify the Lord. Because what happens is, as you, as you begin to magnify the Lord in those moments and in those places that are hard and that are difficult and that are painful, it moves you beyond yourself because you're putting on the garment of praise. So the Bible says this. They marched around seven days. On the seventh day, the seventh time, they marched around the city. Now, Joshua said, only then, only when I tell you, when the priests begin to let out that, that trumpet blast, when they do that, now I want you to shout praise to the Lord. All of a sudden, when they got to that point, the people shouted praise to God. Probably sound a little bit like our hallelujahs a few moments ago. They shouted praise to God. And in that moment, the walls of the city of Jericho, the Bible says, fell down flat. What happened? The people now rushed in. The people inside the city were so confused, they started killing each other. The Israelites ran in, and they ransacked the place. They took over the whole place. Why? Because it's a picture. Whenever you begin to glorify the name of the Lord in the middle of your obstacle, God will step in and tear down the obstacles in front of you. Not only that, but your praise confuses the devil. Follow me for just a moment. Whenever the enemy attacks you, he's used to you getting real quiet. Well, they don't need to go to church today. They're going to have a breakout service on Sunday morning. I'm just going to keep them home. I'm going to make sure they get a headache. I'm going to make sure that husband and wife. Have you ever noticed, husbands and wives, let's just be honest here. Have you ever noticed that it's, y'all have got along all week. Everybody's kissing each other, giving roses, back massages, everything's great. Until Sunday morning. Come on, anybody with me? On the way to church. I mean, can't even breathe right. <laughs> somebody, oh, somebody, some people are scared to say anything. They say, oh, man. It's true. Why is that? Because... Because the enemy understands that when he attacks you, typically it will suppress your praise. So you walk into the house of God, you're mad. You're mad at each other. Your husband and wife, you're mad at each other. Your kids, they act, they're fine any other time. On the way to church, they're acting crazy, right? They're throwing stuff, you know, just acting crazy. So you get to church, you're already on edge. You come in the front door, the greeter doesn't say anything to you. The guy opening the door doesn't see you. The door slams in your face. The parking lot guy, he's not paying attention. you got to park 20 miles down the road. You get into church. The music's too loud. Come on, you know what I'm saying? You're just mad. You're just mad about stuff. So you get it. No wonder God's people are so messed up right now. Let me tell you something. If your attitude begins to change, it will confuse the devil because the devil understands if I just attack them, I can stop them from praising. If I can stop them from praising, I can stop them from receiving. If I can stop them from receiving, they won't walk in their miracle and won't walk in their anointing. And if they don't do that, eventually they're going to give up. But what happens is in the dark times of your life, when you just begin to praise the Lord, when things are hard and you say, no, 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 I'm going to praise the Lord anyway. When y'all get in a fight on the way to church, you say, no, hey, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're going to praise the Lord. When you have the headache, when the music 
music's too loud, or you don't like the song, or the parking lot attendant was mean, somebody gave you a dirty look, pastor didn't shake your hand, whatever it is. But when you come in the house, you say, you know what, man, listen to me, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm just going to go ahead and start off with my hands lifted. I'm going to magnify the name of the Lord. I'm going to exalt the name of Jesus. Can I just tell you something? When you come into the local church, you're not here for the pastor. You're not here for the people. You're not here for the music. You're not here for the pews. You're not here for the stuff. You're not here for any of that. You're here for Jesus. Come on. And Jesus is here no matter what. And when you come into the house of the Lord, your attitude needs to be one of expectancy that I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. It confuses the devil because the devil is used to attacking you and then you shut up and he attacks you again and you shut up again. But what happens is when you're attacked and you praise the Lord anyway, the devil doesn't know what to do with you because he says, man, every time I attack them, they just praise the Lord more. Every time I come against them, it seems like they praise God more. Every time I make them fight in the car on the way to church, it seems like they're more unified than they've ever been before. Every time they get another doctor's uh, negative report, they just praise the Lord more. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know what to do with these people. What's happening is you are rendering confusion to the enemy because you're magnifying the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. You're putting on the garment of praise. There's somebody in the house today that knows how to praise the Lord. Why don't you give the Lord a shout right now and just give him a praise in this house? Mm. Hallelujah. Jesus. So Paul and Silas are bound in prison. Things aren't looking good. They're in pain because they're beaten. They're, they're humiliated. Their clothes have been taken from them. They're locked up in stockade. It looks like you have to understand they're in a time of great persecution. James has been killed. Stephen has been killed. I mean, it's not a stretch that these guys are going to be martyrs. I mean, it does not look good. But in the middle of that, when we find them, we find them praising the Lord. They were in, listen, they were in prison, but they were in the presence of the Lord. The word says this, in his presence is fullness of joy. You can get in his presence without being in the church. You can get in his presence in your car. You can get in his presence on your living room couch. You could get in his presence in your bedroom. Come on, is anybody with me? You could get in his presence in the shower. Come on, how many everybody can sing in the shower? Praise the Lord. You can't sing anywhere else, but you can sing. Man, just, you sound so good in the shower. You know what I'm saying? Just you can get in the presence of the Lord in those moments, and you just begin to praise the Lord. In his presence is fullness of joy. That's what the psalmist says. That means I have the ability to exchange my pain for joy if I can get in his presence. Come on, somebody follow what I'm saying. If I could just get in his presence, but I'm hurting, get in his presence. But I'm depressed, get in his presence. But I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know if our marriage is going to work out. I don't know if our kids are ever going to serve the Lord. I don't know if this addiction is ever going to be broken off of my life. I don't know if we're ever going to make it financially. We're just trying. I don't know. Get in his presence. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is my That's right. That means that you can become stronger than anything that faces you when you walk in that place of worship and you walk in that place of praise. What I'm trying to teach you tonight is this has to be a place that you get on the daily basis, consistently, all the time. It has to be a part of who you are. Yes, Sunday is great, but that's the icing on the cake. That's the cheat. That's easy. But when you praise the Lord and you worship the Lord in the middle of your circumstance, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your problem, that's when you know that things are right. Verse number 25, the Bible says this. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing to God. What in the world? Think about it. These men were just arrested for praying for someone. That's what it boils down to. Their clothes were ripped off of them. They're beaten with rods. They're bloodied. They're bruised. They're now locked up in stockades with their hands beside their, their head locked up. They cannot move. They're in the deepest part of the prison. It's late at night. And these guys are singing praise to the Lord. Oh, that's how you know what you're made of right there. 
Anybody can praise the Lord on the mountain, but it's when you get down in the valley. Somebody, you know what I'm talking about. They were singing hymns to God. The prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately the doors were opened and everyone, somebody say everyone. Everyone's chains were loosed and the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice and he said, do yourself no harm. We're all here. And he called for a light. He ran in. He fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out. And he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What's happening? God just took a situation where these men were bound, bloodied, bruised at midnight. And one second turns it into an altar call where the leader of the prison is asking, how do I get saved? All at midnight because somebody had enough guts to praise the Lord. And he called for a light. He ran in. He fell down trembling before Paul and said, what must I do? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. Watch this. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and his family were baptized. When he brought them into the house, he set food before them and rejoiced, having believed in God and all of his household. This is what I would submit to you tonight. The Lord allowed that circumstance to happen so that man would get saved. Paul and Silas were not arrested by chance. You don't ever see anybody ever in Scripture arrested for casting out a devil like that. Not exactly like that. You don't see that. But the Lord allowed that to happen to put them in front of an audience that if they handled it correctly, those people would all be saved. Could it be, follow me now, that the situation that you find yourself in right now, the situation that you don't like, the situation that you don't want to be in, the situation that is unfair, could it be that the Holy Ghost has set up that situation to put you in a place where you have a decision either to praise the Lord or to complain. And if you praise the Lord in that moment, could it be that God puts you in that place to change somebody else's life? We have to be careful how we respond, careful how we act. The world is watching. I love how it says this at midnight, at midnight, they were praying and singing hymns to God. Watch this. And the prisoners were listening. They were listening to them. Sometimes your praise isn't even about you. It's about the people around you. When people see you trusting in the Lord, when people see your faith, when people see that you've not given up, when people see that you're still standing, when people see that you're not not quitting, when people see that you're not complaining, when people see that you're not throwing in the towel, but you're serving the Lord and you're staying consistent and you're being faithful and you're still a worshiper and you're still a praiser and you're still magnifying the Lord. When other people see that, it changes their lives and causes their chains now to fall off. Oh, it's powerful. Verse number 25 there, it says, but at midnight, but, that's a powerful word. The word but changes the meaning of everything before it. Come on, are you with me? If I said to you right now, uh, yeah, we had plans to go to the movies tonight, but you already know we didn't go to the movies because I said the word but. We had plans to go to the movies, but I only had to say the rest of the sentence. Now, you don't know the details, but you know we didn't go to the movies, right? But. But changes the meaning of every word in front of that sentence. What's happening in the story is these men were jailed, they're beaten, they're bruised, they're bloodied, they're thrown in the stockade, they're locked in the inner part of the prison, but. But at midnight. But. Your praise interjects a but in your situation. The doctor said this about me, but I chose to praise the Lord in the middle of it. Come on, is anybody with me? The marriage counselor has given up on us and said that we're headed for divorce. We might as well go ahead and fill out the paperwork now. But 
We decided we were going to give it one more shot. We just got on our knees and began to praise the Lord and begin to magnify the name of the Lord. That's a but. That means that as you begin to, to, to glorify the name of the Lord, it interjects something now into the situation. What I'm here to tell you is some of you have come here tonight and you've got real struggles. You've got real pain. You've got real urgency. There's real things that are happening in your life. But I'm here to tell you, this preacher has come here all the way from Orlando, Florida. Come up here tonight. I wasn't even supposed to be here tonight, but the Lord has worked this out because I believe that some of you are going to interject a but into your situation that everything that's happened that's led up to this moment is about to change that everything that you've been through up until this moment is about to change every situation that you've walked through up until now is about to change but it's going to hinge on one thing but in that moment I chose to magnify the Lord in that moment I chose to praise the name of the Lord in that moment I chose to exalt the name of Jesus in that moment I chose not to allow it to defeat me but I chose to stand up and lift my hands and magnify the Lord the butt is interjected into your situation to take you from one day to another day to take you from one situation to another situation to break the butt bondage off of your life and to crack open a miracle that God is giving you in your life but somebody has to praise their way into that but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God I want you to watch this now praise is a declaration of faith hear me the word teaches us this faith comes from hearing Hearing from the word of God. So what does that mean? I want to grow my faith. How do I do that? Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. So does that mean that I need to, you know, just read the word of God out loud? Well, that can help. You know, reading the word helps. Does it mean I have to get every one of pastor's recordings and, you know, listen to everything pastor says? Well, that, that will really help. Yes, that would be good. But faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. So there are some times in your life that you have to make a faith declaration based on the Word of God and allow yourself to hear the Word of God coming from your mouth. Sometimes you have to speak the Word of God when everything else is contrary to the Word of God. Sometimes you have to say, I will stand on what God has declared. I will stand on what God has spoken. I will stand on the truth of the word of the Lord. And I will speak the word of God regardless of what other people are speaking over my life. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word. Listen, your spirit within you has ears. Meaning this, it hears what you say. When you go around and all you do is complain and bellyache, and fuss, and whine about everything, and I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I don't like the way they treat me, and this is not fair. And I don't, no, you know, you're killing your own faith. But whenever you walk into your job and you say, Lord, yeah, there's some problems here, but I just thank you today, God, that you gave me this job. I just thank you, Lord, that you're working it out. I thank you, Lord, that it's paying my bills. It may not be the greatest, but Lord, I just give you, I just want to just give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for opening the door. Thank you for making it happen. How I many when you first got the job, you loved it. About three days later, you hated it, right? Come on, you praised Lord when you got it. Now you, you're all upset about it. So what happens is when you begin to declare and praise the Lord and worship the Lord in the middle of your circumstance, usually God is teaching you something in the middle of that. And you'll never move beyond that until you learn how to praise him in it. Some of you are stuck in a dead-end job because the Lord is trying to teach you to stop complaining about it. And when you stop complaining about it and start praising the Lord for it, then God can then move you out of it and take you somewhere else. Oh, nobody want to hear that, but that's the truth. I'm just telling you. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So there's times in my life I have to declare the word of the Lord so that my spirit can hear what God's saying. I go to the doctor. The doctor says, you're sick. You've got this disease. You've got this problem. You're always going to have it. You'll always have this insufficiency. You'll always have this problem. You'll always take this medication. This will always. So what, what's happening? My spirit is hearing all of this. But when I walk out of there, 
and I'm not telling you to disregard what a doctor says, but I'm just telling you how to be a person of faith. When you walk out of there, you say, wait a minute, no. The Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. The word teaches us that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals us. The Lord says, I am the Lord, your healer. I can call on the name of the Lord. Come on, are you with me? So now I begin to speak by faith. Yeah, I know what the doctor said, and I'm going to take the medication. I'm going to do what they said. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. That's fine. But while that's all happening, I'm still going to believe in the Lord. I'm still going to declare the word of the Lord. I'm still going to magnify the name of the Lord because in that, my spirit hears me. My spirit is being injured by everything that people are saying about me. But when I declare the word of the Lord, now my spirit is put into a different place because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of the Lord. I'm trying to help you right now because in your praise, you have to declare the word of the Lord. A few moments ago in the songs that we sing, a lot of what we were singing and well, all of it is, 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 uh, scriptural. You know, you find the basis of that in scripture. We're just singing the word of God. Have you ever noticed that when you worship and you begin to praise the Lord, like in this setting right here, you just feel better? You just feel stronger? Why? Because your spirit is being fed because you are declaring the word of the Lord. You are hearing the word of the Lord and faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of the Lord. There was a reason why Elijah heard the sound of rain before he saw the sound of rain. Remember that? Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Well, there was not even a cloud in the sky. There was no thunder. There was no lightning. There was no barometric pressure drop. There was no precipitation anywhere. In fact, he climbs up on a mountain. He sends his servant. He says, go, look over the top of the mountain. I want you to look over there, and I want you to see, do you see any evidence of rain? I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. But there was nothing there. The servant came back and said, ain't nothing. Blue skies, as far as I can see. I looked at the whole blue sky. There ain't a cloud in the sky. Elijah knelt down. He began to pray again. In fact, he prays seven times. Continues to pray. Gets up. Go look. Man goes, let's come back. Blue skies. But he said what? I hear, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Watch this. The Bible says Elijah knelt down. He put his head between his knees. He just, began to, he just began to press into the Lord. I'm getting the worship team. Just come, come on up here if you will. He just began to press into the Lord. Why did he do that? Why did, why did he put his head down? Why did he pray like this? Why, why didn't he just pray, you know, like a normal, you know, on your knees or standing up? Why, why did he do that? Because when he knelt down and he put his head between his knees, he was blocking out what his eyes could see. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I don't see a cloud in the sky. I don't see anything coming over the horizon. My servant doesn't see anything over there, but I'm just going to keep believing because I hear something in the realm of faith. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of the Lord. The Lord said, Elijah, if you'll get on your face and you'll pray, I'm going to make it rain. Nobody saw it. Nobody heard it. Nobody knew about it. Everybody thought he was crazy. They had been in a drought for three and a half years. Nothing was happening. And he puts his face down and he keeps crying out to the Lord. What is he doing? In the middle of that moment, he's praising the Lord. He's magnifying the Lord. He's standing on the truth of the word of God. He's speaking faith in that, in that situation. I want to tell somebody right now, there has to be a moment in your life when you just put your head down between your knees. And you say, Lord, I'm going to trust in the word of the Lord. I'm going to believe what you say. I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to declare your word. I'm going to believe your word for my family. I'm going to believe your word for my health. I'm going to believe your word for my marriage. I'm going to believe your word for my church. I'm going to believe your word for my country. I'm going to believe your word, God, for all those that are connected to me. I know what people are saying. I know what people are seeing. I know what people are thinking. But in this moment, I put my head down and I will magnify the Lord. I will praise the name of the Lord. I will declare the works of God in this moment. There's been times in my life, there's been times in my ministry where I've been attacked, where I've walked through things. There's been times that I've been pressed down. There's been, I'll be honest with you, there's been times, Pastor, that I've wanted to quit. I've wanted to walk away. There's been times where I felt like nobody wants to hear the message of holiness anymore. Nobody wants to hear about the Holy Ghost anymore. Nobody wants to hear anybody call out the realities of, of sin and sexual sin. Nobody wants to hear that anymore. God released me from this, but here's what I know. When I've just been faithful to the Lord. And I've just said, no, I'll be faithful to God. It's taken times when I've had to get down on my knees, put my head down between my knees, so to speak, to block out everything I've heard because I hear the call of God. I want you to know something in this house today that God is speaking to you. God is working in your life and I want you to hear 
the sound of faith rising in the house. I want you to hear the sound of healing. I want you to hear the sound of deliverance. I want you to hear the sound of restoration. I want you to hear the sound of God's provision in your life. As long as you're listening to everything around you, it'll never happen. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Book of Genesis, the Lord said, let there be light. When God said that, it's very clear in Scripture, darkness covered the earth. But God said, let there be light. The cosmos, that, that Hebrew word that just means nothingness, space, nothing, the cosmos, had no choice but to respond to the word of the Lord. God speaks things that are not as though they are. Things that are not, things that are not there. He speaks them as though they are. People that are sick, God says they're healed. People that are broken, God says they're restored. People that are struggling, God says he's putting them back together. Why? Because the Lord speaks things that are not as though they are. Let there be light. The cosmos had no choice but to respond to the word of the Lord. And immediately light was formed. From his mouth God spoke it and it took place. Can I help you understand? There is power in the words of the Lord. When you begin to speak the word of God, there is power that's flowing out of you. When you begin to declare what God has spoken, I believe today I'm healed in Jesus' name. I believe today that the Lord, because of the stripes that he bore on his back, he has brought healing into my body. I stand on that word. I declare that word. But the doctor said, but people said, but my pain says, but my reality is, no. You declare the word of the Lord. And your body has no choice but to respond to the word of of the Lord. The word of the Lord is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between the joint and the marrow. It's transformational. Your worship and your praise is a declaration of who he is. Come on, is anybody, anybody following what I'm saying tonight? Paul and Silas. The Bible says <laughs> at the midnight hour what difference does it make what time it is? Who cares? Could have been 10 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 3 o'clock. What difference does it make? Well, midnight signifies a change from one day to another day. Come on, are you with me? At the midnight hour. Why is it relevant? Most of the most every story that you read in the Bible, very few times, does the Bible ever point out what time it is? But this one, in fact, the word midnight is used a number of times in the Bible. One, referring to the return of Christ at the midnight hour, right? The midnight cry goes out. Because it signifies the dawning of a new day, a transition in your situation. I believe today that some of you are in the midnight hour. And what you're doing in the midnight hour will determine what your 1201 looks like. What if Paul and Silas were not worshiping in that moment? What if they were not singing and praising the Lord? What if they were just complaining and griping? What would 1201 have looked like? But God responded because somebody had a praise inside of them they would not contain. The Lord responded. In fact, there was an earthquake. 
And it shook the prison so hard the chains fell off of the prisoners. And the doors of the prison swung wide open. Why? Because God responds when his people begin to declare in faith what they know God has the capability and the capacity to do. I want somebody to understand something today. You've come here and you're hurting and you're bound. You're struggling. You're dealing with issues in life. Everybody is. I get it. I understand it. But what I know today, and the Lord sent this crazy preacher from the Orlando area to tell you this tonight... That if you will be found praising in the midnight hour of your life, God's going to transition you from one moment to the next. I'm here tonight to prophesy a new season. I'm here to prophesy a new day. I'm here to prophesy a new blessing. I'm here to prophesy a new future. I'm here to prophesy a change in your life tonight. If somebody would just get on their feet and begin to praise the Lord and begin to magnify the name of the Lord, begin to exalt the name of Jesus in this midnight midnight hour i'm here to tell you god can change it god can work it out as you declare the word of the lord hallelujah in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah